everyone. It is meteorologist Joe Martins here from the Crescent Atlantic City for the Something in the Air podcast. It was a pretty quiet weather month across the region, but when you're always joined by New Jersey State climatologist Dr. Dave Robinson, there is never a shortage of things to talk about, including our second year in a row of winning the New Jersey Press Association Award for Best Podcast. Congratulations. That's wonderful. I think you deserve at least half of it. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, let's split the prize. Have a piece of pizza, right? A slice that's of pizza. It. Yeah, that's it. No, that's yeah. wonderful. That's wonderful. It's pro- proving as a service. And it's my pleasure um, to talk with you at the start of every month. It is. You know, I think I was trying to think about how we first started this. I think I saw you in Atlantic City for the NJ Emergency Preparedness Conference in 2018. And I remember you were there along with Matt Gerbish, who's the assistant state climatologist. And we just, I think we just started talking. Then I just shot an email over to you saying, hey, do you think if you could do this with me? And you graciously said yes. And it has been uh, nonstop since. I never say no to students. And, you know, you're still a student of mine. Uh, I'm always, I am learning. Right? Yes. Yes, that is correct. I, uh, well, for the people who don't know, we did, well, I helped you with research or however you want to call it back in 2013. So that was nine years ago about dew points and New Jersey. Very interesting for everybody listening here, I'm sure. But it's somewhere in your office, right? I was going to say, it's on my desktop, of my screen right to the right, a list of several things I want to get to and finish up or update. We need to oh, okay. update because it tells an interesting story. As New Jersey is warmed, um, the atmosphere has the potential of holding more moisture. And with that, when a trigger comes along, you can get more excessive rainfall or snowfall. Um, so it tells an important story. Uh, the trouble, as I recall, we had it, it's, it, there are not a lot of long-term dew point observations no. and ones that, you know, some of the, it's, it's difficult to measure dew point. It's, it's not as simple and the instruments aren't as reliable necessarily as measuring temperature, for instance. Yeah. I think we did Atlantic City International Airport, Newark, Trenton, maybe somewhere else. But I do remember with uh, the airport that we saw a little bump in the dew points during the middle of the day in the summer as the Seabreeze worked in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- it's the summer moisture. We haven't gotten, I was just looking at some things the other day. High temperatures, the extreme high temperatures during the summers aren't getting hotter, but the summers overall are getting hotter. And that's because just more moisture in the air. It's tough to get it cool at night. Uh, and we still have these persistent warm periods of daytime high temperatures. Yeah. So we're looking at a climate that just has a more extensive um, hot summer and, and one with the warmer nights, but not necessarily temperatures going through the roof. And that's in part because of that increased moisture that you yep. were studying uh, almost a decade, uh, almost a decade ago, Joe. <laughs> almost, almost. You know, speaking of uh, a decade ago, though, I was thinking about 2012 because we're coming up. Now we're recording this on March 1st, climatological spring. We'll talk about that in a sec. But we're coming up on the 60th anniversary of the 1962 Ash Wednesday Nor'easter. And I was reading some things that we wrote back in 2012, but before that was before we had the derecho that really pummeled a lot of South Jersey. And then Sandy afterwards. 
So right. I'm hoping that this year is a lot more quieter as we remember the 60th anniversary. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. I mean, really, you look back to the 60s storm, there wasn't a storm like it really until Sandy. And for LBI South, Sandy paled in comparison to the to that storm. Yet from LBI-ish north, Sandy was worse. Yeah. And that's because of where it made landfall. You were if you're on that westward side of the storm relative to the storm's motion because the storm was going east to west. Made landfall in Brigantine, anything south of there. You know, people were telling me, I got an email from somebody in Avalon um, or who was in Avalon. And they said that, you know, they think that the 1962 New Eraser was worse than Sandy. And sometimes I'm like, ah, you know, it's one of those back in my day things. But no, I mean, they're actually no, they're right. serious conversation to be had about that. Oh, they're, they're, they're absolutely right. And remember, 62 Storm didn't make landfall. It just parked itself off the coast for like three days. So it was a very different beast um, than Sandy. Sandy was a quick er hitter over two tidal cycles, essentially. And and the the nor'easter in 62 was just the high tide after high tide. And and the low tides were exceeding normal high tides by the time you got into the second, third, and fourth tidal cycle. And that's what made it such a devastating storm. You know, I was talking to Scott Mazzella. Do you know Scott? No, I don't. He's the author of the Great Storms of the Jersey Shore book. Oh, I can find his name, though. I'm right behind me. They're on the shelf there. We got a there whole shelf. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just blanked on his name. No, it's me. all good. Yeah. He, you know, he's an LBI guy, but we were talking on the phone last night. And one of the things he said that really makes the 62 storm stand out amongst a host of other things is that the infrastructure in place at the shore during then, he said, Sandy, when it hit, a lot of the people, if they didn't choose to rebuild, it was just because I'm kind of out of here. In the 62 storm, the houses were kind of just hitting into each other like bowling balls, he would say. It was almost like you were a bowling ball and, you know, you hit another house and like pins, it would hit four other houses and they would all just go on. They didn't have the infrastructure like we did now. And that also played a role into just all the devastation that was there. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about cottages down there at the time. It might have been a two-story cottage, but, you know, I vacationed down there in the 60s with my parents. And I don't believe I don't, that. I know it's hard to believe. At least the but. 80s. But but I did. And, and I don't remember homes on stilts, uh, for instance. Um, but there were just a lot of these beach cottages that I suppose weren't uh, tied too closely to their foundations. And they could easily start sailing off as the island became inundated. And as you yeah. said, then you've got bumper cars of houses. Pretty much. Well, let's hope. You know, as we go into March, so far, it looks like a lamb the first half of the month looking good. Let's talk about February. And like I said at the top, after such an impactful January for us here at the Shore in South Jersey, not really much to talk about this month, huh? No. I mean, look, we started talking about something 60 years ago. There wasn't a lot to just dive into. Last month, yeah, I mean, looking at what March may hold, and it looks like it's going to be on the mild side, at least for the first couple of weeks and rather docile, you're going to be looking at this as a one-month winter. Now, let's face it, even the worst of winters generally have one or two bad months and the other is not so bad. There are exceptions. The 96 winter across New Jersey, every month had above average snowfall. Um, but this year, you're going to be looking back and going mild December, 
relatively mild February, looking at least at the get-go over the next couple of weeks, a mild start to March. Uh, and you're going to say, but it was just what a winter. And you're going to look back and say January. And I'm glad you're thinking of us in South Jersey when you say that, because I know it's a little different in the northern half of the state. Well, that's all we have to talk about is South Jersey for snow this winter. I mean, you're talking 30, 35 inches in some of the snowier spots of southeast Jersey, not southwest, but southeast Jersey. Um, You know, up in central Jersey, 12 to 15 inches so far for the winter. And up in the northwest part of the state, 20 inches. Yeah. So unless things get cranking, and there's still a chance up in the hills of northwest Jersey, Atlantic City may be the snowiest spot in Jersey when we put this winter to bed. Well, I'll tell you what, I actually did this research for a talk I was doing uh, a couple of Fridays ago in Summers Point. The snowiest place in the state is Galloway at one of your Cocoa Ross stations, your right. volunteer network at 36. Second place. Also Galloway, another one with, I think, 35.2-ish. You might have the number. But, you know, Galloway is the, uh, the snow capital of New Jersey so far this winter. But when we look at, at uh, February here, you know, the airport had 0.1 inches of snow, Lancaster International Airport, a couple of days with flurries here. You know, I think when you started off the month, it did really still feel like that kind of deep winter. You had snow cover on the ground left over from the blizzard. Or what are we calling this? The blizzard of 2022? Do we have a name for this? I would. I mean, that storm on the 29th was an impactful storm. But, I, you know, I called a storm back many years ago. We had um, in January and it was gone. uh, It fell on a Saturday. It was gone by Thursday. I called it the stealth snowstorm. Ah. I was like, was it really there? Did we really see it? Um, and that was the kind of the nature of this storm. It was it was out of here in, in just a couple of days. Just- it, it did go away. I mean, it was on the 28th, 29th of storm. I'm, we had snow depth until um, looking here until about the 4th and then we went away. But it seemed to me that when we got to the like Valentine's Day ish, the earth was really feeling the love and warming us up after we got past Valentine's Day because we were below average generally until the 16th. And then after that point, we were generally above average. So it sounds like we had about a six-week period or seven-week period of deep winter starting right after January 1st, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, when we had that, that South Jersey special, that Atlantic City Expressway special on the 3rd, and then kind of ended around Valentine's Day. I know temperatures at the airport wound up a little bit above average. Where are we for the the remainder of the area? Yeah, I mean, the the airport was 1.1 degree above average and the marina was 2.2 above. And and that's a function of the seesaw nature, as you said, a little on the colder side, the first half, little on milder, the second. But even the second half, we had the ups and downs. We had a couple of fronts come through that just dropped the temperature 15 to 20 degrees in an hour. Um, so it was the volatility of the of the systems that came through that was so interesting, although they weren't very potent in terms of the moisture, even rain, let alone yeah. snow they produced. But yeah, uh, around uh, around Atlantic County, Galloway came in with uh, 3.19 inches. Let's just call it precip, but albeit it's almost all rain. Yeah. But Folsom was on the drier side with 1.75. Um, and, and that was, you know, down in Cape May, it was dry. 
The bubble uh, held. The bubble came back from its winter vacation. The bubble's back. Middle Middle Township had the most with two point zero zero inches, and there wasn't much variation because Lower Township, the lowest we had from some of our observers down there, was one point seven one inches. I should say we should be a little over three inches in February to just put it in perspective to to normal. Um, and then up the coast, Brick had three point four five. Yeah. Um, but Jackson only 2.37. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't exceptionally dry. Um, as you went north, a little bit moister. Um, but, you know, South Jersey has been drier. Without that snow, would have been even worse shape. Um, but we could use some, the whole state itself could use some moisture. We've been teetering there on yeah. not drought, but the southern counties we still have in abnormally dry conditions on the National Drought Monitor, and they've been joined uh, in February by northwest part of the state, although that was the wettest part of the state in February. So we might back off on that. But the whole state, you know, a couple it's just going to take a couple of dry weeks and you're going to see the whole state go into an abnormally dry situation. Yeah. And so it's been. That, that teetering or that little dance that we've had for the last couple of months. And it's, am I worried? No. Am I watchful? Yes. Because it will only take a dry March and particularly one that's warm when we're getting into the, the wildfire season, when we're trying to fill up our reservoirs, our surface reservoirs and our groundwater for the water consumptive season, I like to call it, for irrigation, lawn yeah. watering, car washing and such. Um, I, I would feel more comfortable going into that season come May and June with a little more abundant rainfall these next yeah. six, eight weeks. I agree with you there. And, and you brought the drought monitor. I was, I was going to talk about that. I'm glad you did. You know, anywhere, basically Atlantic to Camden on South is in this pre-drought stage. And pre-drought stage, I think we could call it, right? I'm normally dry, yeah. you know, and then, like you said, the sun's getting high, sun's getting higher in the sky. It's pulling out more moisture each day, you know, and, that, and that's not good for wildfires either. And, and we'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, let, I, I agree with you 100%. We're, we're right there on the edge of trying to be normal. We just need that rain to really come through a little bit here. So let's take a break. On the other side, we'll talk a little bit about wildfires. We'll also talk more about the month of February on the Something in the Air podcast. Hey, everyone. It's meteorologist Joe Martucci again. Every time I do a talk, I say if I could take this job again, I would take it 10 times out of 10. And that's for many reasons. One, weather just matters more down here. I've been in many corners of the state, and when it comes to southeastern New Jersey, weather is the most important thing I always hear. Whether it's for tourism, whether it's for farming, or whether it's for boating, well, weather just plays a big role. And not only that, Here at the Press of Atlantic City, we're able to give this information to you any way you want. You want it in your newspaper? We got it. You want it in videos? We got it. You want it on our website? Yeah, we have that too. And we can't do it without your support. Your support has been great over the past couple of years, and we look forward to more of your support in the future. To support South Jersey journalism, go to our website, pressofac.com slash subscribe, and you'll have offers that you can't refuse. That's pressofac.com slash subscribe. And we are back. It is the Something in the Air podcast, award-winning, two-time award-winning 
Something in the Air podcast brought to you by the Press of Atlantic City here. I almost fumbled that one there. I was getting, maybe I was getting, my head was getting a little big as I was saying that. Um, but I'm joined here with New Jersey State climatologist, Dr. Dave Robinson. We were just talking about um, how we're kind of teetering on the edge of drought. We're not in drought yet, but we're, we're somewhat there. And what that makes me think of is wildfires as we go into the month. Now, thankfully, in February, we didn't have any wildfires, uh, but a lot of prescribed burning by the Forest Fire Service, which kind of helps uh, manage the forest and clear out some of that dead underbrush and everything. But, you know, you have a or you set up a website for the Forest Fire Service to look at conditions. Just kind of talk to me about what you think about wildfire season going into March. Yeah, well, we're going to have to be careful because even even five days after an inch of rain falls in the pinelands, if it's if the humidity drops and the winds pick up and the temperature rises, you can be in a fire danger situation, particularly at this time of the year when you don't have the the foliage on the deciduous trees, which can be found in in the pinelands. Uh, And you have all that debris, the leaves and twigs and whatever that fell last fall and throughout the winter. So you've got the fuel there uh, and you can dry out so quickly with the sandy soils. And as we get into March, um, we still have the winds of winter, if you will. Winds tend to calm down in the summer. They're localized in thunderstorms. But you have the winds, which increases evaporation. You have the warming air, which increases evaporation. Uh, and you can get into trouble really quickly. So what we've done in uh, cooperation with the U.S. Forest Service, and I know the New Jersey Forest Service uses it too, um, a really simple tool, if you will, for them to look at and evaluate weather conditions on the spot. Every five minutes, we update this page and the neat thing about it is, is in a sense, it's a sub- simplicity and, and it's cooperative nature. We know the data, but we don't know the fire danger, the critical threshold. So we went to these folks and said, when do you want to be given a, a watch and then a warning and then right. a real big heads up on wind, on, on humidity, on how little rainfall, on the temperature, and they set thresholds. And so what this page they look at does, it's color-coded. They don't even have to look at the numbers. They can just look at the page and see, oh, there's a lot of yellow there. It's a windy day. It's a dry day. We better not do a prescribed burn. Or it's a windy day, a dry day. We haven't had a lot of precip in a while, and it's showing red. We better have all our equipment and, and staff ready because we're in a real danger period for wildfires breaking out. Uh, so it's, it's proved to be a, a very useful tool. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback um, from the firefighting community. And that's just great because that's what our network is there for, is yeah. to help people make decisions, help people evaluate ongo- current and ongoing uh, situations. And again, it doesn't have to be super sophisticated, but it has to have the right information and it has to be put in, in, a, in a package, if you will, that is useful to the, uh, to the community, not to the we research guys uh, up in our towers, but yeah. the people out in the fire towers and right. down on the ground um, looking for um, preparing for, and ultimately when a fire breaks out, this will even tell them when there's a wind switch, uh, a directional wind switch, or when the winds might be calming down 
for instance. So um, we love working with folks on that. We're we're developing something now, uh, an app for the dam safety group uh, at the Department of Environmental Protection, which will send them warnings when certain excessive precipitation thresholds have been reached, one hour precipitation, three hours, six hours, going over thresholds that they're designating, it will send them a warning that there's potential in that particular stream basin that there could be flooding to the magnitude that could threaten dams that sit on the streams within that uh, particular river basin. Mm -hmm. Just going back, um, let's go back to temperatures just for the month of February, because that was the other thing we were talking about in between the the break here. Uh, While it was a fairly quiet month our temperatures were really on a seesaw here and if you like spring and if you like spring and you were at the shore we actually did pretty good in february here we had a couple of days um that we got into the 60s um at the shore and that was on february 12th we got up into the low to mid 60s and then on the 23rd we were well into the 60s for most places in fact at the atlantic city marina and records go back to 1874 we broke a daily record by seven degrees. The record was 62. We got up to 69 degrees. So, you know, it was, it was a pretty, when we got warm, we got pretty warm. Yeah. And, and you were talking about that and you, you have to forecast this, the direction of the wind. So yeah. important. Uh, you're not going to have that happen if the winds are blow, blown off the ocean or if there isn't enough of a stiff westerly breeze to keep the cool air from right. coming on shore along the coast. Yeah, it's it's tough. I'll admit I went under forecast on the 23rd. I wasn't expecting 69 at the shore. I put, I put 62, which would have tied the record. But it, you know what it is? It's just so tough when the ocean's so cold right now. It's so tough to say the wind is really going to overpower it. it well, it's, yeah. it it's hard. It's hard. And you're it's forecasting. You're, you're micro forecasting because you're talking about f- five miles to the west. It's a lot easier. Sure. Um, but but there was also a case uh, a week ago where there was a sea breeze, but it was aided by what we call the synoptic flow. Yep. And up here in central Jersey, I was out on my bike and it was in the upper 60s and I looked and I'm just a few miles west of New Brunswick. It was in the 50s there. There was just that cool air coming up the Raritan Valley and it was being nudged in by easterly winds. And sure enough, as I'm riding down a little hill in the community, the wind was in my face coming towards the towards the east. So I was doing weather evaluations while trying to get a little 5 p.m. exercise. You're always working, aren't you? Um, I've been told that. <laughs> yeah. That's why you are who you are. So it's all good. But uh, yeah, it, yeah. sometimes you do get that sea breeze. Most of the time you get the sea breezes that come through. And we are, you know, March, April, May. I tell people at the shore, I said, this isn't our season. Spring is not the shore season. The fall is the shore season, but not the spring. Because a lot of times we get these sea breezes and, you know, I used to live in Galloway and it would be like 49 in Galloway and be like 64 in Hamilton. And then you get to May and it's like 55 in Galloway and it's like 80 in Hamilton. You're like, oh, my God, I just got to start making my way further west. Patience. Patience is a virtue. And along the coast, I love to say um, if you like 
Forsythia, for instance. You can see Forsythia for about a six, eight week period in New Jersey by starting in the Southwest, heading Central, <laughs> yeah, Northeast, keep... <laughs> then you head up into the Highlands, and then you, you finish it up by heading down towards the shore. Um, <laughs> it, Shores it's, last. <laughs> you know, your Forsythia tour, we should yes. call it. Are you a Forsythia guy? Uh, I've had them in my yard, but okay. you know, they're, I don't go looking for them. Oh, but. okay. All right. Just wonder. Um, you know, else, elsewise for the month of February, it was windy on a few days. Um, there was a two day stretch. Was it the, I think, what were we saying? The 18th, 19th that were both windy, like kind of in back to back days. It was the seventh. Uh, yeah, it was the 18th and 19th. And wow, the winds really did howl. I mean, we had a day where a number of our stations went over 50 miles an hour and up at High Point on the 18th, gust of 66 miles an hour. And that was with some colder air coming in to replace some milder air. Um, the pressure was exceedingly high around the 15th when we had that real cold weather. It was yeah, we, we, the highest we, of the winter. Freezing. Yeah. Highest of winter, 30.7 on your barometers in inches if you tap it. And then two days later, we had the lowest pressure of the month or three days. On the 18th, it went down to about 29.3, 29.4. So you lost an inch of mercury in, in a 24-hour period there. And that's, as you, you, the meteorologist knows, that's a recipe for winds. Yeah, that's a I huge mean, recipe for winds. And, you know, I started getting headaches around that time, too. Yeah. People, there are people, it's not a wives' tale. There, there are people who are sensitive to pressure changes. Most people are, but there are certain people that have certain sinus conditions or I suppose migraines and such that can be triggered by these pressure yeah. differences. And it's not necessarily the pressure itself. It's the speed of the change. It's the magnitude of the change that can be yeah. the big problem. Well, hopefully we stay quiet as we go into March. March is a lamb all the way through. Dr. Robinson, where can we get uh, all of your weather and climate info? Uh, for the weather, go to njweather.org. And for the climate background information from the State Climate Office, njclimate.org. Awesome. Well, Dr. Robinson, oh, thank oh, you. Oh, one yeah. other thing. Go. Oh, we got to yeah. add one thing. Oh, Today, wait, there's more. It's March 1st. It's the first day of March Madness. And no, we're not yes. talking basketball and our fingers are crossed for our state university. Crossed. But uh, this is the major recruiting month for the Kokoraz program nationwide, uh, where we try to sign up a, a lot of new volunteers. So if you're interested in measuring rain and snow, uh, go to Kokoraz.org, C-O-C-O-R-A-H-S.org. Yeah. And we should, I'm going to try to link up with you probably at the end of the month and we'll try to do something with that. So I'll look, go to our website. We'll talk more about it, how it helps people. Actually, in the past couple of times, we've done a couple of pieces on it. We've had a good number of people sign up in Ocean, Atlantic, Cape. So we'll hope for more. You've been immeasurably helpful. And we do have a wonderful group of volunteers there now. If only you could extend it over to Salem County. We're really short over to uh, Salem. We'll, we'll try. We'll try. We're still looking for some Cumberland, too. We're still looking to fill in some Cumberland. Yeah. So if you're in Cumberland, yeah. you're listening. Kokoros, it's almost free. $30, $40 at the, tar at the top. It's a cheap hobby. Cheap hobby. There you go. That's it. Cheap so, hobby. All right. Well, actually, for having nothing to say, we're actually out of time here at this point. So we're going to wrap up. Um, we will be back with you third Wednesday of the month. I'm very close to nailing down our guest. 
and it could be guests uh, with a, a S at the end. We will see. Um, but you'll hear from us as we go into that. So, all right, everybody, take care. We'll talk to you guys soon. This is something weird podcast. Mm-hmm.